This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor. Good morning, one and all. Hello, Charlie. Good morning, Franklin. And look at across the table there is a friendly little face. A friendly yes. just dropped right in. <laughs> yes. Welcome. It, it's great to be here in Canada's greatest city. Well, how about and, that? And that's the best. Michael Bentley has just dropped in from Vancouver. So he that's a pretty great we might, city, might too. Add, uh, if those aren't, wait a minute, Michael Bentley? Haven't I heard that? He's president, not the dancer. He's not the uh, founder. No. But he is the founder and president of Sierra Sill. That's right. And yeah. I'm not running for office. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> well, that's great. We're going to hear lots of news about Sierra Sill in a couple of minutes' time. Mm-hmm. Michael's uh, in town on biz, and uh, we'll find out what he's up to and uh, what Sierra Sill's up to. Well, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And for now, you should probably give the phone number. That's a very good idea. Yes, yes. And for those of you trying to reach Charlie, don't Frank's yell out the window. Job. No, use the phone. Call 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I see Sebastian is on the phone line right now. So, uh, but... but I, I the was mantra. Thinking, oh, the mantra. Yes, of course. Call early, call often. <laughs> one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let me know because then you'll be welcomed like that. The little bell. The bell that gives you your garden wings. Exactly. I saw a hummingbird in my garden just yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, speaking of wings. You zipping s- along. You have a number of them out there in your backyard. It's just uh, what? Hummingbird? Oh, birds. A plethora of birds. I have lots of birds. Mm, yeah. I have cats sitting at the bottom of the bird feeder. Now, speaking of, of tweets and, and little birds and yes. little animals, I think we've got Sebastian's attention here. Uh, that CD that the Smiths out in Innisville made for us uh, a couple of weeks ago, we wanted to maybe try and pick that up. It's a little song they had written because they've been bugged so much by bugs and animals critters. and critters in their house. So They've named their than, home yeah, the Critter Restaurant. They thought they'd write a little song. And, well, let's just pick it up at wherever. Okay. And is it? He's scrambling. It's coming. It's coming, he says. Okay. No, no, Did he, no it's, it's not going to happen? Oh, Okay. okay. I don't know. One I minute. have some announcements in the meantime. Well, All right, well, you Sebastian. go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay, so remember, just to mark your calendars, this is our last show for summer 2015. Yeah, man, next Wednesday. You're it's right. yep, it's a whole new season next next Saturday, starting Wednesday, September 23rd at 4:22 a.m. here mm-hmm. in Toronto. We will be uh, experiencing the autumn equinox. That's that 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night. Re- have you really noticed how much darker it's been? getting? Yes, it's getting uh, darker lately. <laughs> yes, like I'm going to have to pull up my little headlamp when I'm barbecuing because it's just getting to that point where it's getting kind of dark. 
earlier than I've remembered. <laughs> it's happening fast. So, but nevertheless, it's great, great weather to be out in the garden. The fall is one of the best times to be digging, dividing, transplanting, planting, you know, fertilizing, looking after your lawn in preparation for having a healthy, happy lawn next spring. Busy time of year, really. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure there's lots of questions. Now, a couple of things to remember. Uh, this tomorrow, uh, speaking about what's going on in Toronto, celebration of the fifth anniversary of the Toronto Garlic Festival. It's setting up in a new location. <clears throat> Excuse me, tomorrow. It's at Artscape Witchwood Barns, which is 301 Christie Street at St. Clair Avenue West. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow. Admission is $5. It gets you into all the events. And the events are just all over the map. There's cooking demonstrations. There's garlic shots. There's even a garlic breath competition, and, if you can imagine. And a little, a little uh, tip here. Mm-hmm. The best garlic to buy, that grown in Ontario. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what the, the festival's all about. It's to promote don't, Ontario garlic. Don't be, don't be fooled into that uh, business of buying China uh, stuff. Chinese. No, no, no. Get... Get your local produce from Ontario. Well, for sure, it's better garlic, it's yeah. fresher garlic. And so if you want to grow garlic, now's the time to plant garlic. So get down to the Garlic Festival, pick up some cloves, take them home, get them planted. And like I say, that's all day tomorrow. Okay, I'm getting the word from Sebastian. We're, we can go on that little song. All right. A little smidge of it, okay? Just Where we smidge. go, Sebastian, yeah. Four-legged creatures all over the place Used to think chipmunks were cute Eat my flowers up from the roots Window box blooming with flowers The crow showed up and the blooms were devoured That's just a portion of their uh, neat little ditty. And, uh, ditty, that's a good, good way to yes. describe that. Lisa and Al. In Innisfil, thank yeah. you for joining us. And sending CD. us that. It mm. does make us giggle. We've got a busy show lined up here, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, folks. Uh, in fact, we've got Frank, Clay, and Gail on the line ready to chat with Charlie. In moments, we shall return and uh, bring along Michael Bantley with us, too, in just a couple of moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on this cloudy Saturday morning, Frank says hello to Frank in Etobicoke. <laughs> hey, Frank, welcome to the show. Hello, Frank. Uh, I, I have a, a weeping birch. It's about 50 years old, and it's been I've been treating it for about the last 10 years for some kind of beetle with a 5% saigon. You can't get it anymore, so the tree is on its way out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just It's got some really nice um, new shoots that come in this year. I was wondering Good. if I could take a shoot and... And, and, and start another tree off it. Hmm, not a bad idea. You could do that. Keep in mind, though, the, the borer that you're struggling with, that insect, is actually called a, called a bronze birch borer. And we used to use Saigon back in the day when systemic insecticides were available. They are no longer available. So now the way we keep our birches happy and healthy is with lots of TLC. So very consistent watering, particularly when we get into hot, dry weather, 
good quality soil, fertilizer at least once a year every spring, uh, cl- keeping it clean and tidy, make sure the lawn doesn't grow up right to the base of the tree so that the tree isn't competing with the lawn for moisture. Uh, so you could definitely uh, grow more birch from your birch, a bit of a slow process to make it happen, but it could be done. But keep in mind that to have a healthy, you know, healthy, happy birch, you've got to really look after that birch. And you'll have to also eliminate the insect-infested birch from your property to try and minimize the chance of the new birch getting infested. But how, how would I take the shoot off? How would I uh, get it to, to get going? Well, what you would do is next spring or early summer, you would take a cutting from the the mother birch, and you would root that cutting and start a new plant. And the cutting you take is going to be a four to five inch tip cutting from, like I say, the mother plant. Like a, f- a fresh growth. Exactly. Okay. okay. That sounds good. Thanks uh, very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Frank, for joining us. That, that kind of leads into the discussion there with what we were chatting about just uh, halfway through the uh, commercial break mm-hmm. with Michael uh, offering up a, a few thoughts on, we had mentioned the garlic, you know. Festival, yep. Best to Ontario. Buy in Ontario. And your reasoning behind that uh, staying within the province rather than going well, or even local the seas, i think yeah. michael had a good comment yes it, the the products we're facing in the health supplement industry with herbal products that originate in china is there are some good products but there's also a lot of adulterated products uh, purposely or accidentally because their rules around pesticides are quite different than our rule and so that's a real issue in terms of potential contamination so personally highly recommend uh, buying as local as possible for our vegetables and fruits and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, organic if possible as well. You got it. Get, good point. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Ajax. Say hi to sure. Clay here. Hey, Clay, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I, I use this number quite often, but it's to talk to Dale Goldhawk instead of you people. <laughs> oh, well. well, we're happy you called us. Is, are you a first-time caller? I am. I oh, wait a minute. So. Okay. Welcome. We you have wings. <laughs> okay, I have a huge... I have a hibiscus with huge flowers on it. You know, the great mm-hmm. big 10-inch flowers. My wife wants to know how far back should we cut that in the in the fall? Right. So what? So this is a plant in the garden. It's a, a hardy hibiscus as opposed to the tropical hibiscus that many people have. And, uh, yeah, the monster flowers that you've got in there. Personally, I wait until there's a very hard frost. Once there is a hard frost, all the leaves will turn black and the flowers will collapse. I would cut it down to about two inches tall. Two inches, okay. Yep, centimeter tall. But I would mark that plant with a little stake or a little flag or some kind of a little marker because in the spring, they are one of the last plants to emerge from the soil. You know, my wife said to me two years ago, pull that out, it's dead. Mm. And, and I said, no, no, we'll leave it and see what happens. Oh, good for you. So you remembered it was there. See, I, I tend to forget these plants are there. If they're not up in the spring, I'm like stepping on them. So <laughs> I, I always mark the late, the late arrivals to try and avoid stepping on them. They look like a huge poppy, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Really nice plant. So good for you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Hey, yeah, yeah don't be a stranger. Uh, next time around, second time caller. We might even give you the bell for that, too. <laughs> Never know. Uh, we're going to take just a little bit of a break, and I want to kind of uh, get to Gail, who's been waiting on the line a little bit. We will get to you, Gail, but we're going to come back and talk to Michael Bentley about what he's up to, why he's in town, uh, on behalf of Sierra Sill, okay? <laughs> so all that coming down the line in moments. Don't change the radio station. 
Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And as usual, on a Saturday morning, Frank Proctor sitting alongside Charlie and across the table from us is Michael Bentley. He's our special guest. He is All indeed. the way from Vancouver. Well, you know, you hear every week, uh, Charlie and I both extolling the virtues of uh, Sierra Silla, whether it be in the uh, active spray. In fact, you got me a little... I know. This Frank always bit. says when he puts this stuff on, it's like he fell out of a pine tree. That's right. And I'm wondering why anybody would want to file, fall out of a pine Tree, but. Well, loose footing, I think is the, <laughs> yeah. But it's just great stuff if you've got sore, great. sore, and it smells terrific. Muscles. And, of course, they're the three pills that you and I take every morning. Mm-hmm. And so we've got the guy here who kind of lined all of this up many what? years ago. Tell just maybe a brief little it's, history lesson there. How do you, you developed all of this, Michael? Well, it's completely natural. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a garden product. It comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Sierra Cell is just minerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been said that nobody has an NSAID deficiency, an ibuprofen deficiency, mm-hmm. but we sometimes have mineral deficiencies. So the neat thing about Sierra Cell, just minerals from the Sierra Mountains, hence the Sierra portion of the name, and then SIL, silicate mineral structure. We didn't spend any money on focus groups to come up with a fancy name, uh, but we did put money into research Mm -hmm. to uh, look at the efficacy. And the research is, I think, phenomenal. It includes Mm -hmm. a large clinical study uh, here in Ontario, 150-person double-blind crossover study, where the researchers conclude that it improved the quality of the life of the participants. And if we're spending a dollar a day on a supplement, isn't that what we want? Yeah. Yeah, and um, here you come up with new stuff all the time, though. Just out recently is the Joint Formula Active. Uh, that's uh, the new... Got the uh, curcumin. Curcumin, yes. So it's the regular Sierra Cell plus curcumin. Yes, right. and a really good curcumin. And right. so curcumin comes from the earth from the turmeric uh, plant in India. At least that's where it should be coming from. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens with it is the curcuminoids are extracted and there's three different curcuminoids. And there's a lot of curcumin available on the market and there's different claims of bioaccessibility. And the reason why that's important is because curcuminoids on their own are not easily absorbed by the body. And so usually the curcumin products have something else with them, some sort of oil or or other product to help it get absorbed. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the curcumin that we're using, uh, it's got a phospholipid with it. And one of the things I like about it, because there can be a problem with pesticides, as we talked about Mm -hmm. with garlic earlier, is this is tested for nearly 400 different pesticides. Health Coming Canada out requires of India yes, or yes. Pakistan. So Health, Health Canada requires a test of forty. So this has got nearly four hundred, and uh, an, a lot of product does have to be rejected uh, in India, uh, which is the positive news that the testing is being done on this, this the particular curcumin that we're using mm-hmm. in Sierra Cell. and the clinical studies are really good too. There's been over 14 peer-reviewed published studies on the curcumin complex that we're using with nearly 1,000 patients, which is a good complement to the Sierra Cell mm-hmm. uh, mineral mix that we have, mm-hmm. where we have a number of clinical, human clinical studies with nearly 500 patients in those studies. And that may not sound a lot from a pharmaceutical perspective, but from a natural health product perspective, it's, huge. Uh, it is, it's really huge. I don't know of other ingredients, natural mm-hmm. ingredients for joint health that uh, have that level of testing. You know, pain comes naturally. People shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Seven out of ten adults over the age of 34 have some kind of pain. It's true. It's true. My therapist told me that. He goes, everybody lives with it. 
It's a re- it just happens. It comes naturally, so right. why not look for so, natural relief? That's right. And effectiveness. And, of course, that's the thing with Sierra Sil, and that's what both Frank and I attest to is that, you know, we have found it to be effective, so we continue to take it. There is a 14-day window in which if Sierra Sil hasn't alleviated your pain or you aren't feeling a lot better, it's a complete money-back guarantee because it doesn't work for everybody, but it sure does work for most. Now, you're in Toronto and area for very specific reasons, and we're going to get to that maybe the next time, a couple of minutes' uh, time down the road here, uh, why uh, Michael's guesting with us, and he's in town and mm-hmm. making airplane stops along the way. Across he's got the some upcoming continent. engagements. Yeah. So, yeah, opportunities for people to get out and meet Michael and talk to him, ask him questions face-to-face in the next few days. We will do that in just a couple of minutes. First of all, let's get back to the lines here on The Garden Show. Mm-hmm. It's Gail from Toronto. Hello, Gail. Hello, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Morning. Um, I I have a, a strange thing. Um, there's a pine tree in our backyard, and the, some of the needles are turning white. Mm-hmm. And also our neighbor, uh, whose fence backs onto ours, um, she, she had the same thing. In fact, she actually uh, brought it to my notice, you know. And she mm-hmm. said, have you noticed... Um, and hers went complete. The, the needles all turned white. She said it looked like there was frost on the needles. Mm, right. So I was wondering what was causing that. An insect. Oh, really? Yeah. So if the needles turn yellow, then that's just natural senescence. The needles are dropping. They do that. Okay. But when the needles turn white, what you got to do is you've got to go out there and with your fingers, yeah. just, just scrape or, or rub very tightly with your fingers along yeah. one of those pine needles. And oh. you will find that those little white things will wipe right off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's an so insect. That's what it is. Yes, it is. Now, it is an insect called scale. So mm-hmm. S-C-A-L-E. Yeah. It is unlikely that you're going to be able to do anything to control it right now because of the way its life cycle works. It will, if it's allowed to really thrive, the insect, if it's allowed to thrive on the tree, can kill the tree. Oh, that would be such a shame. Yeah, so what I would do right now if I were you is, I mean, it's going to rain, so you don't want to do this just before the rain, but next time we get a a 24-hour sunshine and clear weather, it's still worth maybe going out with either pyrethrin, like a like a bug be gone kind yeah. of insecticide, or a soap, an insecticidal soap. Okay. Preferably not in full sun. So what you really want is a cloudy day. Oh, yeah. With this would be perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah, except it is supposed yeah, to rain. It's going to oh, rain. so no, you no. need yeah. you need to have clouds, but then yeah. no rain for twenty four right. hours. Okay. And and just you need to drench the plant with the insecticide, and then you're going to do the same thing again next spring, probably early to mid June. Oh, okay. Uh, because Yes, that is. An, it's probably because of the kind of winters we've had and yes. then pretty intense summer with all the heat. And such a wet spring. That's right. Mm. And so the, the trees have suffered. And so uh, we really do have to stay on top of it. All a right. little bit of an insect starts getting a hold of a tree or a shrub. Yes. The sooner we jump on it, the sooner we can save the plant. Well, they took theirs right out because I think it got absolutely yeah. covered. And they yeah. just and it was a small one. And so they just took it right out. But ours is big. You know? Is it like a really big pine tree? Well, it's a strange thing because what happened was my, my husband had bought it a long, quite a while back and he planted it in a barrel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so what's Survive. happened to it, it's, instead of growing up, it's grown outward. 
Oh, yeah. And I think the barrel's kind of exploded underneath somewhere. I would think, yes. <laughs> we don't know, but it's, a, it's, it's unique. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it sounds like, yeah, it's a slightly stressful situation for the pine. So, yeah, yeah so. do what you can with some top dressing, with some co- some compost as well yeah. this fall and next spring. And like I said, you could, yeah, work on killing that insect to try and save the tree. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for your Thanks call. Thanks for joining us, Gail. And uh, always, of course, our lines, <clears throat> pardon me, open at 416 and anywhere else in the province. It is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Well, let's see what's on Linda's mind. She's calling in from uh, Markham. Hi, Linda. Hi. Good morning. Morning. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, alrighty. Yes. Welcome there to the show. We are. Thank you. You have wings. Um, I'm having problem with hydrangea. Mm-hmm. So these were planted a couple of years ago by our landscaper, mm-hmm. and the first year they grew huge. Right. But the flowers, they don't all open. Right. Oh. So some of them open. And then some of them just stay closed up so you don't get that nice ball effect. Mm-hmm. I've tried pruning them. It seems to make it worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with them. Okay, so plants that a few years ago grow big. Now, tell me something. Do you fertilize these plants? No. Not at all. Uh, okay, so they're growing big, lots of big green leaves, and then they... Set and huge s- stalks. Right. Like they grow like five feet tall. Hmm. Any idea what variety of hydrangea they are? No, he didn't. I know that I have lime hydrangea in the back, mm-hmm. but the front ones have, they're now turning, the petals that are there are kind of a deep pink color. Turning pink, okay. Well, and when, when there are flowers on it, they are round flowers. They're not the sort of pointy or conical-shaped flowers, right? No, they're round, round. flowers. Yeah, so the interesting thing is for many in the ornamental gardens here in Ontario, there's two really big different varieties of hydrangea. So the ones with the round flowers are called mop head or hydrangea macrophylla. And then there's the conical flowers, which are like the PG variety, the paniculatas. We treat them and we uh, maintain them very differently. So that's why I wanted to clarify. What I would do if I were you next spring... You are going to cut your hydrangeas down to about four inches tall, and you're going to go down to just above a bud, and you're going to see in the spring that the brown stems, the tips will be usually black or brown, depending on how much snow and what kind of a winter we have, but you'll go down the stems, the buds travel in pairs, so you'll have little green buds, you always at the bottom, but not always at the top of these branches in the spring. And what I would do is just cut the, the um, hydrangeas right down so that there's two pairs of buds, green buds. It might be May, it might be April, it depends on the weather, uh, when you'll do this. And then that all new growth is going to grow from those green buds. And if these are a variety, which they should be, one of the endless summer uh, varieties, they should bloom and also be of, of a reasonable size. When they get too big, they get all floppy anyway. Right. Right? So you don't want them super big, so that's why the cutting down in the spring will help maintain a, a proper reasonable size, a uniform size, because you want them all to be nice little, you know, little mounds. Uh, but they'll be about a, up to a meter tall, but they shouldn't be any taller than that. And they should bloom. If you're going to do any fertilizing, make sure you're fertilizing with a flowering plant fertilizer. Okay. Okay. Now, I also have climbing hydrangea, which... Uh, one has never bloomed, and two, um, something's eating it. 
Whoops, well, Linda. I'm, this is I'll where Patrolman Frank Proctor has to slap. get onto his uh, his motorcycle here and pull you to the road. Um, one question per call. That's right. that's yes. You're welcome is to call it, back. Yeah. Now, if, if you want to hang up right now and then give a call back, you have a very good chance of getting back in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's thanks. just fair for everybody. Yeah, I okay, appreciate thanks. that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, our little uh, mantra there sometimes is just forgotten a little bit. Call early, call often. One question for yeah, and yeah. but yeah, you can often get back on again, like you Absolutely. said, if you call right back. Show so. enough. Yeah. Hey, Angela Brampton. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Angela. Oh, good morning, Frank and Charlie. How are you both? We're great. Good. I was just wondering. I have a mandevilla which is planted in a pot, mm. and it's in full bloom right now. And I want to know whether I can plant it outside and will it survive for the winter? No. No, No, it is a tropical plant. So if you have a nice sunny window that you could bring this plant into your home for the winter and put it in that nice sunny window, preferably southern or western window, uh, it and they'll actually do quite well over the winter. You will have to cut it back eventually. But if it's in full flower, what you're going to do is just wash it down, make sure it's got you know no life uh, spiders, earwigs, etc. on it, and then bring it into the house, get it into that nice sunny location. And even better, if you can put it in the shade right now for a week or so before you bring it in the house, it will handle that transition indoors even better. Okay, but should I be still fertilizing it since it's still in full bloom? Yes, you may. Oh, I can. But at the most once a month. Okay, all right. Okay, fine. Because it's going to slow down. When you bring it in the house, it's going to drop some leaves, and it's going to hunker down for winter because inside is so much darker than outside. Right. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. You both have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. By the way, uh, for those in the downtown area, keep in mind. Yeah, the new... A little sketchy getting in reception sometimes. All right, go to 96.7 FM in the downtown area. Man, it's a... Great, great coverage now. Well, it's, there's so many ways to listen to this mm-hmm. station, right? Yep, you can listen absolutely. live on the web. Yep. You can uh, listen through 96.7 FM. You can listen through AM 740. You can listen on cable. Yeah. Like or you can even you know, come by and put your you know, ear <laughs> right close to the window just here on Liberty Street. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can pick up part of the show. I you swear can listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We are podcast. You can always listen to the show again through iTunes or through the AM740 website. Absolutely. Yeah. Michael, uh, you were mentioning this a little earlier in, when we were taking a break there that I said, are you a, a gardener? Mm-hmm. He said, well, you do a little bit of uh, weeding, right? Yes. Uh, I find that very therapeutic on a summer night and maybe put aside the Sudoku and uh, just go outside and pick a patch of lawn and just sit there and just do some weeding for an hour or sometimes that leads to two hours <laughs> or more. It's sort of mindless, but it's good. It's mindless. For, you if you've had a busy part. day, it's mm. just, it's kind of relaxing. Uh, and then you've got a little patch of your lawn that looks good and you didn't put any chemicals on mm. it. And uh, yeah, that feels good. And by the way, I sometimes listen on TuneIn Radio as well. Oh, really? oh so, there we are. Yes. Okay. Another way. Because 740, believe it or not, does not reach all the way to Vancouver. Really? That's hard to believe. So, <laughs> right. I know it's a great signal, but not quite <laughs> as far as that. Do you, so in, uh, help us, in British Columbia or in Vancouver, do you have the same cosmetic pesticide laws that we have? Uh, it, 
We have very. It depends where you are in right. the province. Right. In the city of Vancouver, there's no pesticides. I think allowed right. for a lawn, certainly on municipal properties, mm-hmm. and we try and minimize our right. use of, of pesticides. Yeah, I think, and that was certainly the case here as well. I think many people were working towards gardening organically anyway, and then, uh, and it was very crazy. Different boroughs had different rules and different cities and everybody was so confused. And then the the whole provincial government just made it. Nobody can use chemicals for cosmetic reasons. Um, And my lawn, I pull lots of weeds in my lawn. But it's, I like it. Like you said, it's very therapeutic. The one that gets me though is the the morning glory Uh, and trying to keep up with that. That's a tough one. So do you have some suggestions for me on that? Sorry, I should. I, right I haven't on. called. I haven't called. No, I, I know. That's your one question, just so you know. <laughs> we'll put well, him at the back of the line well, now. Well, <laughs> morning glory is here in Ontario, it's often referred to as bindweed because it can be a weed that just travels yep. and twines and grabs and, you know, just absolutely annihilates other plants. So, you know, the best way to control any weed is to stay on it. Don't let it flower. Because as soon as it flowers, it's going to go to seed. And as soon as it goes to seed, you're going to have more weeds. So just wandering through your garden as often as possible. Make sure it's always – like I, I leave tools in handy locations out in my garden. So it's not like, oh, I can't dig that weed up. I have to go get my tools. And all you have that. to go to the shed and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. instead, I just always make sure there's a, a trowel sticking out of the soil there. So I can always just pop a weed out when I see it. And I just even if you just drop it on the surface of the soil, it's going to shrivel up and die. Uh, I also keep like a you know a, a bin out there where I can just throw my weeds. Then they ultimately get into the composter. So gardening shouldn't be something that we we set aside an hour a day or we set aside a, a day a week or whatever. It's an ongoing. It's a lifestyle. It's a get out your garden, visit it, stay on top of it. You know, Anne is online from Toronto. We're going to get to her and mm-hmm. maybe ask right off the top when we when we do in just a moment here. Are you uh, just a casual weeder or are you a full-blown gardener? Warrior weeder. (laughs) Warrior weeder, that's good. We'll find out in moments here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. It's like a little dream sequence now. When we last left Michael <laughs> and Charlie and Frankie. We were we were, we were wondering what Anne was, oh, you know. Was she a, a, a what was it, warrior? A weed warrior. <laughs> weed warrior. Anne, good morning and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, I have a problem with my orchid. Mm-hmm. I had this orchid about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Blooming beautifully. When the um, blooms uh, died off, mm-hmm. I cut down the stems to about an inch high. Mm-hmm. Since then, of course, um, I've just got beautiful, healthy green leaves mm-hmm. and new roots and everything else. That's good. Will these stems grow again? No. No, those stems will grow again. New stems will grow. Oh. Right? So if you look down at the where those beautiful, healthy, glossy green leaves are coming from the main stem, right. and every now and then you'll see a little green protuberance coming off of that stem, and it'll sometimes it'll be a root, and sometimes it'll be a flower stem. And uh, oh. yeah, it sounds like what you're doing is fine, though, if the leaves are nice and green and glossy and healthy and yeah. new roots are, are showing up. And you can cut those flower stems back a little further if you find them unsightly. Oh, I thought maybe I had to leave them in, and I made a mistake. 
to cut them down. Well, but it, I've it, got these healthy roots, good, yep. you know, growing out like tubers. Good. No, it's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Oh, really? And just keep doing what you're doing. Um, as we get into winter and the our humidity levels drop dramatically when our heat comes on, mm-hmm. one of the things that I do that I know my orchids love is I immerse the whole plant just right into a, a pail of water, just the whole plant pot mm-hmm. and all underwater about once a week. And uh, and that just raises humidity around the plants substantially so that they, they maintain that nice green, glossy growth right yeah. through the winter. Yeah, I have been doing that over the summertime. Good. And they're in my kitchen window facing north. Perfect. They seem to love that. But they do. They I was love wondering them. if I should just hold on to this or just get rid of it. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. Do what you're doing. You'll be surprised. They're going to pop a flower when you least expect it. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. There is hope after all. There is. (laughs) Nothing flowers all the time, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. It's just the way it works. Lucy, Mississauga, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Morning. I have a question pertaining to uh, late blight on my tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I Last year I had it come up, I destroyed the plants and I destroyed the tomatoes themselves and I thought I picked up everything and this year I have the same issue. What can I do to create a better atmosphere for my garden? I hate to lose my tomatoes year Mm. after year. It's a good question. When you have late blight, though, usually you'll still get some tomatoes after the blight has really caused the the leaves are are turning yellow, the plant is looking wilted and, and quite you know, forlorn, but you'll still have a few tomatoes. It's the end of the season, of course. There won't be any more tomatoes, but you can still usually harvest the tomatoes that are on there. Actually, I was having issues with that. I harvested the tomatoes that were on the plant, mm-hmm. and the black, the, the, the blight is actually on the tomato itself. I even wiped down each and every tomato. Some of them were pinkish. Some of them were that white color and green. And within two days, they all started showing the spots of blight. Black. Yeah. Okay. So here's what you're going to do for next next year. Okay. You're absolutely right about the good garden hygiene part, which is that m- ensuring that you've cleaned any diseased foliage, any stems, anything, fruit out of the garden this fall. You've either composted it or it's been removed from the property. And next spring, before you do any planting of tomatoes, if possible, rotate your crop. Plant the tomatoes somewhere else just for a change, yes. even if it means into some big pots for yeah. a change. That will make a difference. Number two, if you, are, if you still want to go back into your regular main vegetable garden, always, always add some good organic matter to the garden soil. So that could be composted manure. It could be homemade compost. Whatever it is, make sure that you're adding organic material that's nice and fresh and fertile into your, into your garden soil. And when you're planting tomatoes, of course, you want maximum sun. So that's six hours or more of sunshine every day on the plants. And I, that, I do have that, yes. Good. And don't plant them too close together because that's probably the most common thing people do. Little plants, and they plant them about two feet apart. And they know full well that these plants are going to be six feet tall and three feet wide, and yet there they are two feet apart. So they can't be touching each other. They shouldn't case. be. You want good air circulation and good sun penetration into the plants in order to uh, avoid diseases. And and blight is a disease that comes on as the humidity levels rise in August and as the days get shorter. Right. And so there's nothing I can do with fruit that that I've taken off. There's no way to... 
to stop it from, I guess, going from the stems into the fruit itself? No, I mean, usually, I, I mean, I've, I have been able to harvest fruit from tomato plants that, yeah, once they start the red, yeah. just bring them in, put them on the windowsill. They usually redden up, and if I have to cut a little chunk out, that's fine. That I have been doing too. that, but yeah. they're starting to get really... Yeah. Of this. I have quite a few. My tomato plants yeah. do very well. Good. And so I get lots of fruit. Unfortunately, I've lost most of it this year and most of it last year, and I was hoping that I would prevent that coming up next year. Right. And the one other tip is don't water at night as right. the sun is going down. We can't control the rain, but do all your watering, preferably the soaker hose, early in the day. And Mike, Michael has a point to add here. Michael, okay. Michael the gardener from Vancouver, what yeah, do you yeah. got? Well, I've actually put Sierra Cell as a powder around my tomatoes. And really? they're unbelievable. Wow. Absolutely unbelievable. And it doesn't we don't sell it as a garden, garden amendment because it would be kind of expensive for that. Mm-hmm. But for this caller, if you would like to send me an email, I'll send you a jar of product to put in your relocated tomato garden mm. uh, for next spring, uh, just as a gift as a caller of uh, oh, that's sweet. Charlie. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. wonderful. Thank you. All right. Sebastian, if you'll make sure that uh, Lucy stays on the line here and we'll we get the get information. Phone yeah, phone number, email from yeah. her, please. That'd be great. Thank you for joining us, Lucy. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, you bet. That's a nice gift. Isn't so that when lovely? you say you've put so you open it's a little capsule with it with a little powder inside. So you open the. We capsule. actually also do jars, which lowers the price oh, for consumers right. as well oh. because then there's not the encapsulation cost. Right. And so I do have access to the supply <laughs> yeah. of it. So. so, but when you've done it, how much but have you put? Just a little bit in the soil, and like what, a uh, tablespoon or a teaspoon? A little more. Oh, yeah. Just put it down, and yeah. and it's really it's amazing. I know, but you know, it's like Epsom salts, right? So. It's quite amazing in the garden as well. It's uh, Sierra Soil, I think, is a bit like Epsom salts. It like kind of cures everything. <laughs> well, if you're regular listeners to this garden show, and I'm sure a lot of you are out there, you know that uh, both Charlie and I are spokesfolk. For Sierra Sil, I like yep. that. Uh, not only do I sing the praises of Sierra Sil, which you're going I to always, do, I sing the product name S I E R R A S I L, and we've got the prez right here. Now the office is in Vancouver, right? And they are, and I, I mean this, they're so great to deal with. Yep. That you get on the phone with them, and they solve any problem you might have. Or make sure you get your shipment, or they tell you where you can buy it. That's you know, right. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing product. So there is obviously a website, yeah. sierrasill.com or .ca, either one. There is the phone number in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 And Michael is here in Ontario right now attending the Canadian Health Food Association That's right. trade and show. And I'm really looking forward to Monday and Tuesday when I'm going to be at some Goodness Me locations. I'm going to be on Monday evening at the Goodness Me on uh, Gage Street in Hamilton, Hamilton. at 6.30. Mm-hmm. And I will be at the Burlington store at the same time on Tuesday. Wow. So I, I'm hoping that people come out. They can bring their challenging questions. Uh, we're going to talk about the pain comes naturally, but so mm-hmm. can relief. We'll talk about some of the quality control issues that mm-hmm. deal with what we talked about earlier in the show in terms of... How, and so... Uh, and I'm really excited to meet our, some of our too, customers. Right? Yes. You're going to talk about being active, like wanting to be active, yes. eliminating pain, maintaining an active lifestyle, drinking lots of water, eating well, being Ab- energetic. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's all part of being healthy. And that's, that's what it. we want to encourage, whether people use our product or not. Right. And we'll that's have a great. few prizes and things like that. So I'm hoping to have fun and hope Gee, people I have might fun even as well. Show up. You I know, think you should. That few prizes thing got to me. <laughs> <laughs> if there's free food yes. or prizes, yeah, Frank well, will be there. <laughs> and so that's, yeah, it's a goodness me. You can go to their website, but Hamilton on the Gage Street location. Looking forward to meeting our customers and others there, as well as in Burlington on Tuesday. So 630, 630 yeah. Monday and Tuesday, Hamilton and Burlington. Goodness yeah. me. Food, health food store. Glad and you uh, pick up some garlic while you're there if oh, you yeah. can't get to the festival. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Glad you were able to work us into your schedule. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, we've got Jerry and Andrew online. We're going to be to you uh, folks in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, Hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Michael and Frank, delighted you could stick with us here as we progress through this Saturday morning. Let us say hi to Jerry in Toronto. Hi, Jerry. Hi, guys. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I called you a number of times I last remember. winter, and almost to the point where I was being a pain. <laughs> Never. And I was talking about my cactus plant. Yes. And uh, I had a problem last winter with my cactus plants and that they developed a thing you called quirky scab. Yep. Remember that? Yes, I do. I remember. Yep. Okay. Well, my plants thrived through the summer months. They mm-hmm. did really, really well. They've grown quite a bit, and that quirky scab part uh-huh. has, has, has greened over. Nice. Which is really, really nice. Thanks for your help on that. But the question I have now to prepare to take them in, do I have to do anything to the soil, to the plants, to the cactus plants, to prepare to bring them indoors for the colder weather. Uh, okay, so they are in clay pots? Uh, two of them are in clay pots and one of them is in a plastic pot. And they've been outside. Are they, have they been in the sun or the shade? Right smack in the middle of the sun. Okay, so what you're going to do to prepare to bring them in, number one, is very similar to uh, Angela we spoke with earlier. Today or tomorrow, move the cactuses into the shade. Yeah. Leave them outside for at least another week to 10 yeah. days in the pure shade. Okay. Uh, and then before you actually take them into the house and you're going to go into a sunny location in the house, yeah. I would do a really thorough watering so that at least you can wash through any insects that might have moved into the soil. Okay. If you've got any evidence of white sort of... Um, looks like salt or powdery stuff on the surface of the soil or on the outside of the clay pots, you could have some salt buildup, salt that has uh, come up, like precipitated out from the water you've been watering with and can become toxic to the roots of the plants. Right. So I would scrape off any white powder that's on the surface. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Good. If there's any on the clay pots, I would get a brush and I would scrub the outside of the pots, the clay pots. Uh, And so just kind of freshen them up, clean them up that way. If the soil levels have dropped dramatically, you could consider adding a little bit of soil, uh, which would be a a cactus soil, so a very well-drained soil. And uh, and otherwise, yeah, it's just make sure there's no yeah spiders, earwigs, sow bugs that have yeah, moved in. I don't in. want to bring any creatures in the house. No. I've already got two cats. So what the oh. hell? Well, they'll look <laughs> after any creatures that come in. That's the good thing. <laughs> so what do I do for the creatures again? <clears throat> well, for most of us with the tropicals, we'll actually dunk the whole plant underwater. I wouldn't recommend that with the cactus plants, but I would recommend a good thorough hosing off of the plants. Right. And and so like you want to wash water right through the soil till it's draining freely out the drainage holes. 
Yeah. Let him, yeah. Then, but do this. Like I said, you're going to start with some shade yeah. before you go indoors. And yeah. the last thing you're going to do before you go in is a really, really thorough cleaning of, of uh, the soil and the plants just with water. Okay. Okay. Great. So I'll get back to you this winter. Let us know. Take care. Thanks, okay, Jerry. Okay, thank you very much for calling. And, you know, that just about puts the wraps on the uh, calls we, we can accept today. Uh, just a couple of minutes left, so let's just quickly go over some of the uh, <clears throat> activities that Michael uh, Bentley is going to be uh, taking part of today. Well, you're going back to the Metro Convention Center, I know. And that's a trade show uh, yeah. only open to the trade. Right. So he's not available to the public. But, but elsewhere. Yes. Uh, there's always somebody at the office available. If anybody wants to call the one eight seven seven joint 14 number to ask any questions or check the web. Great website. Thank you. We don't have anyone in the office uh, on the weekend right now, but they're oh. welcome to call us during the week or just... Uh, email info at Sierra, like the mountains, S-I-E-R-R-A, then S-I-L dot com. I'd like to hear you sing that. <laughs> Your listeners do not. I would hurt the ratings, believe me. And uh, I just want to say thank you to our listeners. I know we've got, you've got a number of, of, of our customers who are listeners and just say thank you to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our joy to serve. And thank you so much for being part of your show today. Well, thank you for coming. And, and you know, I... You've so that's so true what you say. Like I know that that is your joy to serve. It is your joy to have happier, pain-free people. That's what gets you out of bed every morning. I think. Yes, whether they're using our product or not, we <laughs> just want to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you do. Yeah. And the nice thing is, you do. Yeah, you do. And there's some very good products. And and you know, if you ever want to feel like you fell out of a pine tree, there's that option too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing, Frank. <laughs> I know. It's well, like, why would you want that? <laughs> well, well. If you happen to bruise yourself on the way down, my gosh, you've got the product right in hand. And if you're th- hurt, yes. then you can always take some minerals, and then before you know it, you won't. That's great. All right. Well, Look Frank, forward to the uh, guys coming in and having a, an entertaining I, show. I can Dave's hear the rush. engines revving as we speak. So we're going to have to get out of here. We're going to get run over. Uh, you're back, I guess, this afternoon. 2 to 3.30, I'm here. Okay. Yes, so ma'am. you have a very good show. Thank you. I'm off to a Yom Kippur brunch. Oh, so I've great. got my day busy. And uh, thank you again, Michael, for coming by. It's just such a pleasure to have you in the studio. Well, again, thank you. Okay, and thanks to all our great callers. We wouldn't have such a good show without good callers. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without him either. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.